You're now listening to Fundamental Fast Pitch. Hey y'all, it's Jess here with Fundamental Fast Pitch on episode number 77, uh, Position Spotlight Outfield. So today we're going to go through all three outfield positions, left, right, and center. Kind of just give you an overarching view of roles and responsibilities of outfield in general, go into a few position-specific things, um, and then kind of just go from there and see where it takes us. Uh, Before we get into those details, uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of you guys listening. Uh, We appreciate you uh, giving us a listen and following us as always. And for those of you that uh, are in Texas and might be in a deer stand this morning, even more of a happy Thanksgiving and good luck to you guys. Um, and then, so today we're actually going to have Heather narrate this one so that I can just talk the whole time because (laughs) for those of you that don't know, outfield is, is my thing. Um, so I just have to say, Heather, I know there's the stigma of you make a mistake or if you're not good, you just get stuck in the outfield. That is dumb. Um, we're going to clear that up right away, especially when you get, to the higher levels of softball, your your select and your high school and your college, especially with the bats these days, they're stupid hot. They hit the ball so hard. Like a good outfield can truly save games. So for those of you that make comments about your kid being stuck in the outfield, this one's for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, that's. I'll just get off my rant and turn it over to Heather now. No, that that reminds me. Um, a long time ago, we were at a lesson, and I mentioned something about they stuck Cora in the outfield, and <laughs> and you kind of jumped on me, and, and yes, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yes, that was. Uh, that's funny you say that. Okay, so thinking about um, outfield, thinking about the the young kids, um, all the way on up to the select and elite level select softball. So how does outfield differ as you move through the ranks? So first off in Little League, you get a bonus outfielder. Um, That's your rover. So um, I don't actually know what age that stops. I think for some leagues, it stops around 10U. Um, I think it depends on what league you're in. 6U, 8U, I think is pretty standard. After that, I think it might depend on where you are yeah so literally you get that that bonus outfielder um once you get to select or and actually i think an 8u select they have a rover as well just i think probably for consistency of rules sake um but typically your outfield in little league is basically a very short extension of your infielders um i know for my daughter in our little league rules we have a rule where you can only have your your five infield positions and then nobody else can be like in front of the base path. So our outfield is two steps behind the base path. <laughs> um, that's pretty standard. Uh, and the little league and kind of the lower levels, um, the younger kiddos, you, you see a lot of outfielders that are maybe brand new to the game. They've never played before. They have like genuinely no idea what they're doing, mainly just because like, it's a fast-paced game, so um, the ones on the infield, they need to be paying attention. They need to have an idea of what's going on. They need to be able to play catch. So if they can't, if they can't be like productive on the infield, typically in Little League, that's where you see them being placed in the outfield. Right. That's um. I think that's where we kind of see the beginnings of the the parents getting offended or upset about their kids playing in the outfield. I mean, in in, in depending on what your skill level is on that team in that lower level league, um, you know, 
if you've got a team full of great kids and your daughter is just starting out, well, she's going to have to show that she can pay attention and compete at those infield positions. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, there's not a whole lot that goes to the outfield in those little, you know, young, young ages, but, um, you know, it, it is a position on the field and there's still a job to be done in the outfield. So it may not be as important of a position as some of the infield positions at those ages, but it's still a place to learn and grow as a player. Yeah, I'm going to key into one thing that you said, uh, paying attention. That's um, that's a big part of outfield and in, in the in the lower, like, younger kiddos. So if you have your, your butterfly chasers and your flower pickers, um, I will be the first to tell you at that age I was one of them. I was a, I was a well, butterfly chaser. It's hard. <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot going out there, and you got to expect this kid with a very short attention span to pay attention long enough and enough to get the one random ball that goes out there that game. It's, it's a hard ask. Yeah, um, a lot of cartwheels, too, at the young age. Cartwheels, (laughs) handstands, dancing. Whatever to keep Mm -hmm. you busy. I I will (laughs) thinking back uh, to my son, he's a, he he loves playing, and he'll, he plays outfield on occasion, and man, when he's in the outfield, you can catch him singing, dancing, doing all kinds of stuff, Um, but Nine times out of ten, as the pitcher's going into his motion, he he's paying attention. So, you know, maybe, you know, that's a strategy. Find something to keep you occupied, but always keep that one eye on the pitcher and be ready to, to, to play a ball that might come to the outfield. Yeah, so that's more like your little league, younger, lower, younger level select. Um, that kind of takes us into what to expect for outfielders at maybe a little bit higher level, a little bit older age group. Um, I'm looking for outfielders that are focused, um, at least when the ball's getting ready to be played. Um, speed always helps. Obviously, that's the same with in any position. Speed is just a bonus. But outfield, it's a little bit different because you're not looking for someone to be quick. I feel like infield, you're looking for a quick reaction, quick, quick feet to the ball, like quick over a short distance. Outfield, you're looking for speed because you have a lot of ground to cover. I mean, put it into perspective. Infield, you have... Um, one, two, three, four, five, six infielders. Sorry. Um, didn't know if we were counting the catcher there or not on balls off the bat, but six infielders to three outfielders. You think about kind of covering ground and square footage. They have a lot more responsibilities in terms of their like playable space. Definitely. So speed in the outfield. Um, and then also just good reactions. So good first steps, um, good instincts on where they think the ball's going to go. Um, just just good first moves off the bat are really, really important. Like, oh, I know we're talking about earlier level select, but especially as you get to the higher age groups and higher levels, like just reads off the bat. That first step for outfield, they always tell you, like, that's the important one. Right. So can you go more into the the relationship between and the difference between good reads and speed? <clears throat> so... Um, for the good reads versus speed. Okay, so when I say good reads, um, that is a good first step and a good route. So seeing kind of like point of contact off the bat and having an understanding of approximately where that ball is going to end up based on like their point of contact, where the pitch is hit, what their bat angle looks like. Obviously, those are things that you're going to talk about at an older older level when the girls can actually grasp it but a good read is a good first step and a good route whereas speed is just fast to get to the ball but maybe not 
not as good as balls off the bat. Maybe, for example, they're um, not knowing when to take a step back and read that hard line drive that keeps on lifting and, and anticipating it going over your head. Maybe you're fast, but you're running straight in and the ball's fast over your head. So then you have to be fast because you've got to go get it. <laughs> yes. So I, to me, if you're asking me like the relationship between the two, I would rather have uh, an outfielder that has good reads and routes mm-hmm. than speed. So it's, so it feels like uh, the younger kids can kind of get away with being fast before they really develop how to get those good reads and good jumps. Absolutely. And that's something that, I mean, you can say you either have it or you don't, but that's also something you can develop based off the number of balls you see off the bat. Definitely. And the, the we talked about before, the paying attention. If you're not paying attention to when the ball is being hit, you can't learn it. Yeah. Well, so what when we say paying attention, like, we're actually talking about taking those prep steps and looking at the ball off the bat so that you are ready when it's hit. If you're not in a position to be ready to move to the ball, you're already like three steps behind. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. I I, I really like, you know, setting the setting aside the difference between getting good reads and just flat out being fast, because I feel like a lot of people think, um, you know, just judging by a kid's speed, she's going to be an amazing outfielder. But if she doesn't good, good, get good reads and good jumps, that's, you know, handicapping her, even though she may have the potential to be a, a great outfielder. Yeah. And I'm actually going to add one more thing to that, too. Part of that part of good reads is also like when you do take those steps and you are in route to the ball knowing when to go for it, when to stay on your feet, when to scoop it, when to dive, when to slide, like reading the situation. So maybe, so yeah, I guess that's more like softball IQ. Softball IQ, even kind of an intangible. Some kids just really, really understand when they can take those chances and when they can't. And that's a very hard thing to teach, like being able to teach them like, okay, like, yes, we want to go for the ball, but we actually don't want to go for the ball if it's down the left field line and we have bases loaded, like, or if it's a line drive that's going to carry all the way to the fence. So reading, like, if you need, like, so let's, let's take a step back, actually. Like, I'm going to tell you, outfielder, to me, their number one job is to keep the ball in front because they are the backup to, in, to the infield. The only thing behind the outfield is the fence. So we don't want the ball going all the way to the fence. So first and foremost, we got to knock the ball down, keep it in front. But part of that is knowing when you, when you, it's okay to slide and die for a ball and when to, you need to pull up to take the bounce, knock it down, keep it in front, and get it in quick. Yeah, that's definitely a hard one to teach. Um, Especially for the kids that just want the ball. Well, well, you don't want to discourage that, right? I mean, you're you're always on your players to be aggressive and go make plays, but, you know, you're kind of having to teach them that there are times when you don't go 100% on those dives and and those kinds of plays. You know, and knowing when the situation calls for pulling up and just keeping it in front, it's it's interesting. Okay, so what else do we really want to see in the outfield? Like, um, what 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 makes up a really great player besides the physical skills? Uh, well, especially, um, I'm going to stay focused kind of more on the select and higher level players, just because starting out, um, there's not necessarily too much to speak to there other than what we already covered. Um, but for, <laughs> I think first and foremost, outfielder, like, you got to be able to catch a pop-up. <laughs> like a two-handed, not trying to be cool like solid pop-up yeah I don't know what you're talking about being cool is using two hands on a (laughs) pop-up 
Yeah, I, I would agree, especially when I'm over there sitting on a bucket, sweating and yeah. holding my breath. <laughs> yes, be cool. Use two hands. So um, the absolute, like, have-to-haves, uh, we talked about getting good reads, that first step, that first reaction, paying attention. Um, speed is always a bonus. And then also um, cannons, good arms, good strong arms. So it's funny. I'm going to tell you guys a story. Um I don't know if you had a teammate like this, Heather. I know Mike and I have talked on this briefly, but I had a teammate playing select ball that had an absolute cannon of an arm, like could stand at the fence and throw the ball all the way home. It was wow. awesome. But if you put her on a knee to do like wrist snaps, it's like going in the ground every Impossible. time. And then you back her up like 10 feet for maybe like short dart throws in the ground every <laughs> single time. Put her back to throw from like, like base path, so like base to base, in the ground every single yeah. time but if you stretch her out like she had the probably the best arm on the team wow. but it was just like that that mental block of like oh my god i'm so close like the pressure of having to make like a throw so close so outfield was a great place for her but um when i say good strong arms that also means like on a line so we're that we're not looking for airmail where you're throwing the ball to the moon and it's coming down like it's got to be a playable playable ball so we're talking about you're talking about throwing you know throwing is my favorite so let's talk about the difference between the infield and outfield throw for just a second let's touch on that so man i wish i had a video of us doing the t-roll oh. <laughs> yes um so outfield for me i know this is probably outdated because it's been a while since i have learned and played but for me your outfield throw has to generate more power for a throw to cover more ground. So in doing that, that's that whole like separation and space, similar to the conversations we have about hitting and um, creating space to create power. So your outfielders are gonna have typically a longer throw so that they can generate that power. Um, it's more important for outfielders to have a strong throw than like a quick throw. Yeah, whereas your infielders, they're coming up and they're all about quick transfers. Right. Quick transfers and, and like I, I think of an infield throw, I think of like speed. Speed is going to, they're going to throw harder. Yeah, they're under But the they're gun. not, but they're not, but an outfielder throw, it doesn't mean they're going to throw soft, but they have to cover more ground and they're not concerned about, you know, what the radar gun says, whereas an infielder is, is going to throw, get a higher number on that radar gun. Yeah, and outfield too, like precision, right? Yes. Accuracy oh, of your throws. Yes, I love an outfielder <laughs> that can make, that can hit a dime. Yes. Yes, so like infield. Short, I mean, obviously, like, you can make bad throws on the infield, but you have, like, smaller areas to miss. Yes. Whereas outfield, you're covering so much ground. Um, most of the time, if you're throwing the ball, and it's going to be a bang-bang play on a throw. So you've got to worry about which side of the bag you're throwing to. If your throw is able to be cut off if needed, if it's on the right side for a tag, if it's low enough for a tag to get you a play on a runner sliding in. Like there's so many things you actually have to put into your thought on your throws as an outfielder. All right. So what so what you're saying is as a coach you can't just stick a kid in the outfield and expect them to perform you actually need to practice some things yes and if you say stick a kid in the outfield one more time I'm I was proving a point yes. here yes like outfield matters <laughs> a perfect example our girls this past weekend we had several balls that got rocked to the outfield and more so than I have ever seen them before they were focused they were prepped they were ready like it made a huge, huge difference, difference. Huge and, it, difference. and it will like especially you guys that are also parents sitting in the stands, you see an outfielder that 
makes a bad read on the ball and it goes over your head and everyone's like, oh, oh, like oh, you, you definitely <laughs> see when an outfielder makes a bad play. Yes. Whereas, and same thing too, like on infield, it's kind of more so as like a group effort, right? Would you say like, okay, like you could have like bobbles or you could have recoveries there. You could have a first baseman that picks the ball. So like there's more people involved. Yeah, that's a good point. Or his outfield, like, like you're, you're all on by your yourself. Own. Yes, <laughs> yes, you are out on your own. Dare I say no man's land. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I didn't play outfield when I was a kid, but yeah, that seems like a lonely place. Well, that's why you sing and dance and do cartwheels. <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't play outfield. <laughs> Um, so tell me about, um, we talk about how we have our, our catcher is definitely one of the loudest on the field, taking charge and calling plays, but tell me how outfield works into being loud and taking charge. Yeah. So I think it's a similar role, but on opposite sides of the field, right? So your catcher sees everything kind of as it's happening, um, to me and like calls the shots, calls the plays, looks for runners outfield specifically center field this is where i'm going to put the bulk of this responsibility but center field sees the plays and reads them kind of before they happen so talking to your outfielders hey we got a runner on two plays at four like typically you see your outfield kind of call out those plays ahead of time and kind of set the stage for what's going to happen whereas your catchers like calling them and and commanding as the play unfolds Mm -hmm. um that was something too where Again, you guys have heard me talk about how I was so much different growing up. I was tiny. Um, I was not confident. I was shy. Um, I did not like to talk to people. Um, Still really don't like to talk to people. But when it came to outfield, like, again, we talk about, like, alter ego, right? You step on the field, and it was like suddenly I had the voice of, like, a cheerleader. And it's, like, the confidence and the command and especially I'm mean, again I'm going back to a center fielder not that left and right field can't talk but typically your center fielder is kind of like like I said your stage setter so being able to and same thing too like not only set the stage for where runners are but let's say you have a shift on and you've got a slapper up or um your outfielders your center fielders moving people around telling your shortstop hey I'm in your back pocket I'm in like I'm right here telling your left fielder to bump over or scoot in or hey this came to you last time I got your back or hey remember we're not diving down the line we got runners like just like the reminders and like the the mom of the field if you will like okay that's a good way to put it yeah no you you definitely see a lot of communication on you know on teams that communicate well you see a lot of communication between your outfielders and your middle infielders yeah, and same thing too, like um, when you get to the the high school and like your college levels, you'll see your middle infielders like relaying signs so mm-hmm. your outfield knows what's coming. So they kind of know what field, what side of the field the ball should be hit on. Not saying it's going to be hit, but... Where to expect the hard exactly. contact to go, where the weak contact and what, Ex- what have you. Exactly, and like that tells you how to set up your outfield. So if, if left or right field needs to bump in or back or shade over, like you, you get an idea for that. All right, so we've been talking about outfield as a whole so far. Um, Let's talk about, let's break them apart, left, center, and right. Let's talk about what is specific and special about each of those three positions. So let's start in left field. So left field historically is going to be your strongest arm. Um, you got to think a majority of batters. Well, I don't know about these days. This might have been true in the past, but a majority of batters have historically been right-handed. Although nowadays you've got a lot of strong lefties, you've got slappers. Like it's a whole different ball game. But 
your left fielder um, is someone that you're anticipating getting a lot of action. So you want to be able to count on them to not only be paying attention, but have a good strong arm to be able to get the ball in and make plays. Okay, and moving over to center field. Uh, center field, again, um, we're going to go back to your commander, your strong leader, very strong softball IQ, um, very good strong softball IQ ahead of the play happening. So um, being able to communicate that, understand that. Uh, another good thing about outfield, too, is having a good memory. So knowing what batter did what. Mm-hmm. Hey, this came to you last time. Hey, she's a lefty, but she's not a slapper. Like, she's strong power hitter. So your center fielder is is – Similar to like your catcher, but in the outfielder uh, or in the outfield, sorry. Um, and then I'll go ahead and jump right over to like your right fielder. Uh, typically your your weaker arm of the three, um, obviously still a very strong arm because they're in the outfield for a reason, but typically a weaker arm and someone that is also like well conditioned. Um, same thing with center field. Center field is going to do a lot of running, backing up both sides of the ball. Um, right field, you're going to have a ton of plays at first base. So being, being over to get there, get aware, get, or be aware, get back, um, ready for pickoffs down the first baseline, just a lot of moving parts. All right. So, I mean, it goes kind of goes without saying that, um, if we're going to talk about some, some drills or some, some things that can, we can do to, to improve our outfield, um, anything that has to do with pop flies makes perfect sense. But what can, what can you give us that's beyond just the normal balls off the bat, um, fly balls and pop-ups to, to really develop those outfielders? Yeah. So first thing that kind of comes to mind is, um, just drills that help you position an outfielder behind the ball. So what I mean by that is we always encourage outfielders specifically to get a good route and beat the ball to where you think it's going to end up. What this does is it it allows them to get there and kind of get behind the ball so that they can get set up to move through the ball for a good, good strong throw, crow hop, um, and kind of be in a position where they're they're a step or two behind the ball, but they're underneath it and they're waiting for the ball to come down so they can move through it versus like, kind of just floating or drifting. Um, That's what you don't want as an outfielder. You always want to be moving your feet, but you don't want an outfielder that's kind of just drifting to the ball. You want them racing to get there and then comfortably underneath it. Um, So when we talk about drills, I like to do a lot of drills where you have a coach that's maybe like in front of an outfielder and they're running through the ball and they're, you kind of start pushing them back and back to see how far back they can get before they like can't catch it anymore or they have to make a decision to slide or dive underneath it, which um, goes into my next favorite thing is sliding and diving for balls. Um, they're going to have opportunities to save games and make big plays, which is like the best thing about outfield. Um, so sliding, diving, scoops. So what I mean by that is like your shoestring catches, catching those fly balls on the run, um, tons of footwork drills so i like we like to call them football drills so drop steps um big thing about outfield is running with your glove tucked not running with it out like a parachute slowing you (laughs) down um so lots of change of direction um sun drills working on balls that are hit up in the sun where they have to use their glove or their hand or get low underneath it all kinds of different ways to help them catch balls that they cannot see Um, tons and tons and tons of communication drills, um, not just with their fellow outfielders, but even more so with infield. Um, A good idea is to kind of put them in groups of like a triangle or a square, throw the ball all over the place, a lot of balls in the middle where they have to talk and 
on that note too, making sure that you assign priority. So when we talk about priority, that means like, okay, if the ball goes in the air, who gets to catch it, right? Let's say everybody calls it at the same time. Like who do we want catching the ball? So on infield, um, we want anyone but the pitcher typically catching the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, we want corners typically calling off your catcher if they can. Catcher's got all that all that gear and stuff to work with. Um, outfielders get to call off any infielders because it's a lot easier to catch a ball running in than it is running back. And then center field gets to call off everybody. Um, whereas on, on the infield, shortstop gets to call off everybody on the infield. Center field gets to call off anybody on the whole field. Just begin because best view of the field, best vision, running in. Um, so tons and tons of communication drills, definitely. Uh, and, you know, I can't leave out throwing. So because that outfield throw is a little bit different, um, let's talk about um, drills or things we can talk about with the, the footwork for it and a throw in from the outfield. <clears throat> yeah, so... I think it's a good idea to incorporate long throws into any sort of throwing program or warm-up. Not only does it build arm strength for anybody, any position on the field, but uh, it's just, it's good to have a general knowledge of the outfield. I always say like, okay, everyone should be able to play outfield if asked. They don't have to say I'm an outfielder, but they can say, yeah, coach, I can play outfield for you. Sure. Um, That also includes throwing. So, um, Outfield's a little bit different. We talked about like the longer throw and kind of um, how to generate more power. Uh, Another thing that's important on outfield is your footwork. So one way that can help you generate that power is making sure that you're getting into that that 90 degree footwork, a rotational turn. So I'll give you a right-handed thrower, for example, making sure that when they go to throw the ball, they're their back foot, their right foot is turned as much as possible at like a 90 degree angle to the location that they're throwing the ball. What this does is when they plant that right foot, when they go to plant their front foot, their left foot, it automatically rotates their hips into that kind of perpendicular position so that they can get more rotational power, more whip behind their throw. And that's something that's especially important for outfield. Infield, you can stay wide open, chest to your target all day and just whip the ball to get it there over a short distance. Outfield, that's just not the case. Right. So what you're saying is you need to use all of your body to cover that distance. You can't just rely on throwing off your back foot and just winging it with your, you know, slinging it with your arm. You need to use your whole body. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's a long throw. I mean, it makes perfect sense. But so many kids, whether they weren't taught right or they just refused to to get completely closed, um, you know, their throws suffer because of it. Yeah. And that's something that again going back to the younger kids like that's something also to be aware of if you if you have a player that does have a good strong arm um and you have maybe and same thing it all depends on your team makeup right maybe you have a a weaker pitcher so your outfielders need need to be stronger stronger because that's where you anticipate the ball going more right so it's all going to go up to your team kind of composition but um outfield definitely have to have a good arm Uh, Another important drill that needs to be talked about um, infield as well, especially corners, but outfield is your fence drills. And what I mean by that is your communication on on balls that are hit to the fence and then hit into the fence that carry into the fence. And then also on how to get a ball that has been hit over your head 
off of the fence. So like if you're beat, if you don't have a chance at catching the ball. Um, so that's going to be like your room, find it fence. Room means that you have absolutely no, no worries in the world to get underneath the ball and catch it. Find it would mean that the ball is going to take you close to the fence and you need to kind of mentally and physically prepare yourself by again beating the ball so go find the fence first if possible then you work your way back towards the field um, but using your back and your shoulder never running into the fence with like a Heisman or your face <laughs> yeah. yeah your head that's yes. not a good idea yeah I've been there done that. <laughs> um and then fence obviously would mean hey this ball is going to take you into the fence or you have absolutely no chance of catching it so at that point if it's called fence over your head you need to break down and brace yourself to get the ball off the fence and get it in quickly and hit your cutoff right I imagine there's not too many worse feelings in the outfield to have a ball ricochet off the fence right past you and knowing that it's going the opposite direction you're going it sucks, yeah. but I will also tell you, if you have a good outfield... Someone it, should be backing you up. Yeah, it's not as big of an issue if you've got somebody breaking to the ball and playing it right. So same thing, like one person gets to go for it, one person's there like for the ball off the wall if needed. And that way, as outfielders, like you build that trust on knowing somebody's got your back. Trust and communication. Yes, and telling them like, hey, fence, 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 and so they can go get it, but then you're also there. Ready so to, they don't, yeah, they don't yeah. have to worry about if they go for it and then if they miss it having to go back and and go track the ball down while runners are in motion yeah uh communication definitely always always a plus yeah and another one again we talked about this a little bit those reads off the bat so a lot of hard line drives to outfielders and hit the ball hard they need to get used to hard balls off the bat um they need to start seeing hard hits so that they can start getting reps on when to when to be able to slide and dive on the ball when it's a line drive versus a blooper just how to play the ball off the bat with confidence yeah there's nothing nothing um that can completely take the place of just balls off the bat for those types of things no especially in outfield infield you can work with like your footwork and your glove drills like outfield you have to see tons and tons and tons of balls off the bat and that's another thing like Make the most of your practice time. Do some, like, live hitting, active shagging. Mm -hmm. Like, don't just have girls standing around in the outfield getting balls in. Like, make it active. Make it a competition. Like, see who can go make a sliding or a diving catch. Like, give them that confidence to try it during practice so they're not scared yeah. to do it during a game. Find their limits. Find, yes. Build some confidence. Yes, absolutely. Um... I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I know I rattled through a there's, whole bunch of <laughs> of skills and drills at one time just because, again, outfield is is my thing. Um, uh, when we talk about football drills, a lot of, like I said, change of direction and running with your glove tucked. Um, a lot of reaction drills. So what I mean by that is maybe eyes closed and then having to find the ball or... Um, uh, let's say we do football drills or routes with drop steps where they're facing away and then coach calls ball and they have to turn around and react to the ball and without knowing where it's going. Um, anything that you can do to really encourage like them reacting in that good first step. Sounds good. Um, oh, there are definitely always more skills and drills for, for outfield that you can think of, but that was a, a big handful of them. 
I know, yeah, that's, I know it's exactly what's going to happen is as soon as we wrap up, I'm going to think like, of like oh, 14 was- more things. I'm like, oh, why didn't I talk about this? So, absolutely. We will, uh, I'm sure we can hit on some of those other drills and in some future episodes. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really good start for um, an overview and, and what to look for and, and what, how to build and um, develop some outfielders. Yeah, so... Um, as always, uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up one more time by just saying, like, please stop saying that your children are getting stuck, <laughs> stuck. in the outfield. Can't reiterate that enough. Um, uh, happy Thanksgiving, and we'll be back with you guys for episode number 78 um, here in the next few days, or next week, rather. So y'all have a good one, and we will be back soon.